know, St. John Paul II said, life with Christ is a wonderful adventure. Man, if you ain't on this adventure yet, say that yes, get on this adventure because it is, it's a ride. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? How you doing, Robert? Good, I'm doing well. Lent has just started, right? And um, we're... Um, we're refraining from a couple of things we really like to do, especially yourself, Robert, correct? Well, you gave me that challenge of uh, having <laughs> to give, give up dessert after meals. And like I said, <laughs> you know, it's not a meal unless there's a sweet at the end. So you're killing me. You just you just won't be able to visit your in-laws through the next 40 days. Other than that, you should be okay. Well, I, I spoke with my wife about that and the dispensation that you you offered that if I saved up all of my Sundays, so if I continue my right. fast on Sundays, that should give me the the three or four days that I need while I'm at my my Portuguese in-laws and there's all of those those great sweets on the table. Beautiful desserts at, at on the dinner. table, yeah. But you know, I I, yeah. I don't know about you, Dennis, but I, I've been finding that we're two and a half days into Lent as we're recording this, the, the Friday after Ash Wednesday, and I'd say about two dozen times I've found myself almost falling into uh, stumbling over my Lenten sacrifice, my Lenten promise. Absolutely. Uh, Very difficult. I, I picked up a Haagen-Dazs. I actually paid for Haagen-Dazs ice cream yesterday. And then I realized when I got home that it's going to have to stay in the freezer for about 40, 40 days. And and until, can, until it grows the, the icicles on it. Right. Yeah. Nice. Or we could do it on the Sundays, nice. the feast days, but we're, we're, we agreed that we won't. Right. Robert. Well, Except, you you can go right ahead. Like I said, no. I'm saving I'm saving mine up for for London for, yeah, for a no, visit. So I'm, I'm good. So, do you have any shout outs that you wanted? No, to share no shout outs. No, no, no shout outs today. Well, as You've Lent is one. starting up, I, I do have kind of one shout out before I introduce our guest this evening. Uh, my shout out is to all of the social media Catholics out there, because from Ash Wednesday through today, the first Friday in Lent, uh, all of those. Ash Wednesday and no meat on Friday memes that have been floating around out there have just been pure comedic gold. So thank you to all the the social media Catholics out there that are throwing the memes up left, right, and center. You sent me a couple of those. Those were pretty funny. Well, the the temptation is great to to, to pass those along, right? Those are good. Actually, I was thinking of uh, Father Mike Schmitz. One of his Lenten things was, I'm giving up being stupid for Lent. And then he started off on his eight minute He's quite good. Actually, he said is somebody he knew was giving up watermelon in the winter in Minnesota for Lent. And then he, he, he let on that it was actually his sister when they were growing up. So I thought that was kind of funny. Not, not kind, a big sacrifice. It's, it's kind of like our students giving up homework for Lent, right? Yeah, That's exactly. So, uh, but also think of giving things up. Uh, my hat goes off to all of the social media Catholics that are also taking a 40 day fast from social media during, during Lent as well, which is you know good, good on them for that. Wow. Thinking of social media Catholics there, Dennis, I did want to introduce our our guest this evening. Yes, another Uh, good guest, Robert, you've brought along tonight. I don't know why they keep saying yes, but they they all seem to to want to come along for for a pint and a a chinwag over the faith. So I wanted to introduce uh, David Patterson. 
And like many of us, David spent much of his youth questioning and angry, seeking answers in all the different ways of the world. At his mother's insistence, David attended a Sunfest retreat where he returned to the Catholic faith through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Later on, David followed a call he had heard in Eucharistic Adoration to become a parish youth minister. And it was as a youth minister at summer camp that he met another counselor who would eventually become his wife, Alexandra, with whom he has been blessed with two sons. Along with being a youth minister, David is also a high school chaplain in the Toronto area. In 2019, David felt a call to start a new apostolate, a ministry where he helps others to share their stories of saying yes to Christ. This apostolate, this ministry that he started up is aptly named Yes Catholic. Yes Catholic is an online ministry where more than 60 people in the last year have shared their stories of saying yes to Christ so as to help encourage others to say their very own yes. Husband, father, youth minister, chaplain, ministry host, and yet he still made time to stop by for a pint with us here this evening, Dennis. David, welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much. Really happy to be here. We're excited to have you. Great that you can make it on, yes. uh, A great little chat kind of off air before we got started uh, to, to reacquaint because as we were saying it's been a couple of years since we physically crossed paths because we're on opposite ends of, of Toronto Dennis and I are here in the, the east end and you're out in the west end that's right uh, but, but you've been you've been busy over those couple of years yeah wow. it's been it's been a lot of fun though just being able to to network through yes Catholic with uh, Catholics all over the world it's been it's been incredible so and uh, like over sixty names and some some bigger names, but also too just a, a lot of ordinary young men and women that are just sharing their their witness to Christ. And as we were saying uh, on off air before, that it really is amazing. And I think it's something that needs to get out there because when Dennis and I are talking with our students in the high school. Um, in Dennis's case, they see him as a grandfather figure and myself more as a father figure. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had to bring that up again. But it, it's great for them to hear these these stories from younger Catholics such yeah, as absolutely. yourself. Mm. Right. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was really cool in the sense that when I first started the ministry, really felt inspired by the Holy Spirit to start it. I just started asking uh, people I knew within ministry in Toronto, right? And then mm-hmm. Every single time I would go live and interviewing someone to share their story, someone else would reach out from a different country <laughs> or from the United States saying, hey, you know, I would love to share my story. And it, it really just went from there. It was, it was pretty cool to, to experience that. God works in amazing ways. Uh, and, and kind of to give an, an idea to our listeners of the, the worldwide scope, uh, one of your more recent guests, uh, Father Rob Galea, which... Right. We, we all three yeah. of us had heard when he was at a teacher's conference here in Toronto a few years ago, originally from Malta, but now in Australia. Yeah. Right. So which, which one of you two had to get up extra early in the morning for that one? Uh, I believe it actually worked out where I went live at 9 p.m. Eastern and it was 1 p.m. his time. So it that worked out bad. in our favor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think I remember you saying it was 1 p.m. for him, but it was tomorrow. 
Yes, that, that, in that, the future. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always <laughs> amazing. Living in the future. I'm always amazed by how that works. Now, Dennis, I'm surprised you're not chomping at the I, bit I, over I was, there. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about uh, you're, you gotta, you're gonna have a prayer soon, I think, for us, Robert. Maybe. Well, we we need to hear what everyone's drinking first. So, Dennis, did you want to uh, open up first and let yeah. us know what you're drinking? Why don't we all open up at the same time and we can pour and then we can let us know and then we'll take our first sip okay. after the prayer. Here we go. I have an Austrian beer today, Robert and David. Gosser. Oh, uh, uh, Gossa. Gossa. Yeah. I've got a Stella. A Stella. Oh, good old Stella. See, and I've got a, a, a Vegabon. I, I like that. to stick with the with the local craft breweries. So this one actually my cousin gave to me. I was visiting my cousin just on the east side of Ottawa uh, back in November, and he passed this along to me. It's from the Etienne Brûlé uh, Brewery, which is in Embrun, which is a, a small little village between Ottawa and Montreal. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to trying this. It's an organic blonde lager. Mm. Oh, Let's nice. see the can, a can there, Robert. Show yeah, so I'll, I'll hold it up so our listeners can see can it. See, can we see can it describe there, so. it. <laughs> oh, it really is a vague. There's a nice little uh, picture on the front too. A picture of Etienne Brûlé. Etienne Brûlé. Yeah. So one of the one of the first French gentlemen to come That's and right. explore Canada, and uh, along with him, bring the Jesuits to to bring the faith here to to Canada. So right uh, down um, out near uh, David there, Tambourley Park, you know, just in Etobicoke there, so not too far from you. Mm. And um, yeah, so what do you have, David? You've got the Stella, and of course, the Stella. the Stella, the very famous Stella, which I love, but Robert says they don't. Um, no, it's in, not. Yeah, Is it yeah, Stella? In, in Belgium, that's kind of like the the junk beer. So I can't believe that because that's such a nice drop. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's uh yeah. What do they know about what do they know about beer? What what do the Belgians know about beer? Exactly. I mean you you guys are taking me on a on a wonderful memory tour of uh my younger days. Don't get them started on the 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 monasteries and the in the beer because we could be here all night. We'll we'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. So what we'll say grace before beer so we can take our, our first sip. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Ah, well, that's that's ni- nice and crisp. That's great. Very, very and a, a lighter beer for for me for. Fe- I got a lighter February, one. March. Not a dunkel kind of day for you today, Robert. The sun was shining. Yeah, it was. You know, it was pretty sunlight. cold this morning, and, and when I got home, it was lovely. It was amazing the difference in temp drops. That's Canadian weather right there. Yeah, that right there, right there. And I, and I have to say, too, we, we already kind of briefly mentioned the age difference, but uh, I'll just say if we want to go on the age question again, there's two of us that are drinking out of a glass and one that's drinking out of a can this can. evening. So. Remember those days? <laughs> barely. I barely remember those days. But, oh, it's does, that make, does that make me a youngin' or? <laughs> from, younger from, or our pers- from our perspective, yes. This is where we 
um, get out of the way, as we say, uh, as Marcus Grodi would say. And we just ask our guests, in this case, David, just to stare, share a little of um, your faith story, David, maybe taking us back a little bit. Yeah, so uh, raised Catholic. Mom uh, took us to, to church every single Sunday. She actually led the singing at, at uh, Mass on a regular basis. And uh, I definitely would say that through elementary school, um, I went through the motions of receiving the sacraments. I don't think I fully realized what I was receiving. Um, but I remember, you know, my parents separated when I was about seven years old, and that was a really difficult time for me in my life. And I remember crying out to God during that time saying, you know, I don't know if you're there, um, but I need you right now. And I, I really did sense his presence in that moment. Um, and so I definitely did have a faith when I was a child, but I was made fun of for it. You know, I went to a Catholic school and, and I was made fun of for my faith in Christ and really just struggled to belong. And so when I got into high school, um, I wanted to belong, you know, I wanted to be part of the crowd. And so I really just started to, to lie to myself in order to, um, fit in, you know, and basically I, I started drinking, um, probably around grade nine, grade 10. We're talking Catholic high school now too, as well. Catholic high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I started drinking on weekends, um, with my buddies and then I started smoking, started doing some drugs. And, um, really as I started to do these things, people in school would actually question me. They, They basically say like, aren't you one of the church kids? Isn't that who you are? You know? And I'd be like, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. And I really, when I started to participate in those things, I started developing a really huge ego, you know, where the world revolved around me. I was very self-centered. And I remember one night I was driving with my mom and I basically told her that I was, I wasn't interested in the faith anymore, that I was pretty much done. And I remember that night specifically saying, mom, I don't even know if I believe that Jesus is real. And I said, I I don't even know if he's my savior, you know, and that was really hard for my mom to take at that point. But I was just, I was hurting and I was looking for everything that this world had to offer to numb the pain other than the Lord, basically. And I really carried that attitude um, going into university. You know, I was pretty good at keeping up my studies during the Monday to Friday. I would do the party thing on the Friday, Saturday, recover on Sunday, and then I would repeat the process. But when I entered university, um, it, it really got out of control for me. I found myself going out, you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, even Sundays. And I remember, you know, my buddies. So I was in the business program at Trent University um, and my buddies invited me to Sin City. And I remember the Catholic in me, right? Like I was no longer going to church anymore. But I remember I had this moment of like, OK, I know I'm not going to church anymore on a Sunday. Right. But going to Sin City in replacements it's kind of taking things to another mm. level, yeah. you know, but I would just tell that little voice, just be quiet, you know, and I would go. And I was, I was just continuing on this, on this path. Um, and it was really my third year of university where I had really hit rock bottom. Um, just really difficult time. I mean, I was, I was constantly drinking um, and I was just very broken. You know, it was like this vicious cycle, you know, alcohol is very much a depressant. And so I was constantly, you know, looking for more. I was going to this well, it was constantly run dry and I was miserable. But my mom at this time was praying for me. You know, she was basically going to every prayer, <laughs> every old mom, lady. Moms are great like rosary that. Right? Was saying, yeah. Can you please pray for my son um, that he will encounter God. 
this, this lady actually showed me my name was written in her Bible. She was praying for me like every single day. And so she found out about a retreat that was happening for university students and, and high school students. I mean, it was like a, a big family event. Um, and she basically was begging me to go. And I was like, mom, it doesn't sound very interesting to me. I'm not really interested, but she just kept calling me. <laughs> She wouldn't leave me alone. Good. I was at university and she just Good kept for her. Me and I finally now, answered the phone. Now, just for our listeners, David, so you, yeah. you went to Catholic elementary and high school and now you're at a secular, small secular university just east of the city. But yeah, go on. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so I finally answered the phone kind of annoyed. And I said, mom, if you stop bugging me, I'll go. <laughs> and she's like, okay. You know, just super happy. But when we were on our way there, my friends found out. Uh, I might sound a little bit older as I share this. When I when I share this with students, I kind of make the joke of like, you know, I had my flip phone uh, yeah. when I started getting my text messages. I was right? just going to ask if you had the cell phone by this time. Yeah. You know, cell phones were a thing, but okay. But, but it, the, the cell phone to send the text message, you had to pound each number like two or three times, depending exactly. on what letter that you wanted. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's right. But I started getting the text basically saying, I heard you go on this weird retreat. I'll come pick you up. Let's go get drunk. Let's go party, you know? And I was basically in the parking lot outside of this retreat and I was yelling at my mom. I was basically saying, I don't know why you brought me here, but I don't want to be here. And my mom basically, you know, she's small, but she's mighty. She called me up in that parking lot and she basically yelled at me <laughs> as, as, as best a mom can. And she basically said, David, you know exactly who doesn't want you here. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, the devil She said, the devil wants to destroy you. Can't you see it? And it, and it really actually did freak me out in the moment when she said that, because I could see that there was chaos all around. I could see that I had this anger, you know, and that my friends were trying so badly to get me out. And right when she said that, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I turned around and standing there was a Catholic priest wearing a cowboy hat. And he said, hey, how you doing? I'm like, where do you people come from, man? Like, he just shows <laughs> yeah. up. You know, and he just totally talked me right down. And at the end of the conversation, squared me up, looked me right in the eyes. And he said, you know what, son? I think you need to stay. And I kind of looked at him. And I had this moment of, should I stay or should I go? You know, and I mm -hmm. basically said, okay, I'll stay. You know, and uh, it's really interesting because on a podcast a couple months ago, I've never been asked this before, but the interviewer asked me, what's the deal with the cowboy hat? And it's so interesting because when I was in high school, um, I had to walk about 45 minutes to and from school, but my grandfather, the year before, basically the year he died, he actually made an effort to pick me up every single day from school. And he played the fiddle. He actually wore a cowboy hat constantly. And he was just such an image of fatherhood to me. You know, he really took an interest right before he died, asking me, how are you really doing? And so what's so amazing is how God is in the details of our lives is that in the midst of that chaos, right? God sent this image of fatherhood to me to cause me to stay. Yeah. And like you say, God really is in those, those details and it's being in tune with them sometimes as well, because you could very easily miss that and just see some crazy Catholic priest trying to be cool with a, a cowboy hat on yep. as opposed to, to making that fatherhood connection that you're making through your grandfather and through this priest that the, you know, the father, our father was calling you home. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be fair, 
I mean, it wasn't until a couple months ago that this revelation really came to me of the significance of that, you know, through that interview, mm-hmm. through that podcast. And, and I think that's, it's beautiful in the, in the fact that as we continue to share our stories, there's actually healing found in that as well. And so I'm at this retreat and the speaker was from the United States. His name was Joe. Um, but he intrigued me because he was funny. He was actually very cool. Uh, but he loved God so much. You could see the joy that could only come from heaven alone. Right. And I was sitting there and he was basically talking about our mess and he was talking about our brokenness and our shame. And he basically said, God isn't afraid of it. You know, and he basically said a simple yes to Christ could change your life forever. He said, you could be free today. You don't have to be carrying the chains you've been carrying. You could be free today. And it starts with that. Yes. The date I was seated there was August 15th, 2009. I was 21 years old. And I had this moment where he basically was going to invite us to say that yes, to choosing to actually pick up our cross and follow Christ. And man, he totally spoke into sins and like, you got to stop doing it. Like he was so real with how um, people are living their lives and how it's not okay. And, and he really exposed my brokenness in many, many different ways. And he basically gave us this opportunity to say that yes. And I had this moment again where I'm like, I can't go back to the way I've been living because it's just so empty, you know, and pretty much a couple months prior to this retreat, I was at a club. I remember specifically, and I walked up to one of my friends and I said, Hey man, can we like have a chat? He said, yeah, what's up? And I said, I get headaches when I don't drink. What is that? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, yeah, man, you got the fangs of the wolf. Have another drink. You'll feel better. You know? And so it was like my third year where I had really hit rock bottom. Um, and I look back on my life, the path I was on, I couldn't keep living that way. And so when he gave us that opportunity to say that, yes, I did. And I meant it, you know, and I really did encounter the Lord's love in a very powerful way. And, and Joe actually encouraged us, said, okay, if you said that, yes, go to confession. And I, I say this every single time, you know, the priest was a baby priest. He was newly ordained to the priesthood. God bless him. I think his ordination was in May. And then he, this retrieves in August and he gets me right. <laughs> Baptism by fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I sat down and I was like, father, we're going to be here a long time. <laughs> Cause that was years of being away. Right. And I just wanted to be free of all of it. And so I just started unloading. And I remember even saying, father, I don't like, can you like name more sins? So I'm covering my bases here. And he, he was like, okay, did you do this? You know? And I, w- I just kept, I was like, really, that's a sin. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, add that, you know, but man, when he gave me absolution, the freedom, you know, I felt it, the best way I explain it to, to the teens at the high school is like, I was carrying a backpack full of bricks and someone took it off my back and said, you don't have to carry it anymore. You know, it's just this freedom that I experienced. And that evening was, and again, I was raised Catholic my entire life. I had no idea what Eucharistic adoration was. No clue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that night was Eucharistic adoration. And I was kneeling so close to Joe Ferris, the speaker. And I saw the way that he looked at Jesus in the Eucharist. And in that moment, I knew that it was him. I knew that it was truly Jesus among us. And we did this Eucharistic procession. And, and I just knew that he was walking among us. And it was really that weekend that completely saved my life. I went back to university terrified because I knew I couldn't continue the way I was living. 
two weeks in, my buddies were like, dude, what happened to you? Like, what are you talking about? They're like, you're different, man. You're like joyful. You're happy. Like what happened this summer? And I had to tell my buddies that I encountered God. That conversation was like awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like dropping a lead balloon. Did did they remain friends? Your, your friends that you were parting with still? Great question. I I basically could count on my hands, the people that stayed. Um, I witnessed a lot of those friends just walk. Um, and it was really hard for me. And I remember going back to university. I started going to mass by myself every single Sunday. Every time I fell back into that habitual sin of that party lifestyle, I was stubborn in the sense that I would not stop going to confession because I really deep down believed that God was going to heal me. And so every time I fell into sin, I just, I just go back to confession and I have like debates in the confessional with the priest. I'd be like, I got drunk again. He's like, why can't you just have a pop? You know, <laughs> and, I, and I just kept saying, okay, I'll see you next week. You know, but within, within six months of receiving the Eucharist and going to confession regularly, God healed me of those addictions. I haven't been drunk since, you know, and there's, there's no issue with me having a drink today. Thanks. Be I, I, I was going to say, I feel a little yeah. bit guilty now inviting you onto the pints and pews, but <laughs> not at all. Yeah. No, that's, like, good. That, really, thanks be to God. You said that. Yes. Yeah. He really did heal me, you know? And I, and I basically prayed to God, um, right away when I got to university, I said, God, if you want me to be this man of God, I know you're calling me to be, you got to send me a friend who's going to encourage me and lift me up. And within two weeks, I met my buddy, Preston, who Hmm. constantly told me I was good. And the crazy thing is like, (laughs) I didn't believe him. I was like, buddy, if you knew where I've been, you know, you would not be saying I'm good. And he just constantly spoke truth. He said, you're going to be a good father one day. You're going to be an incredible husband one day. You just kept speaking truth to me. And it was everything I needed to just keep getting up and, and keep walking. And, and I think there's a little bit of that Augustine in each and every one of us, mm. yeah. right? Because, and and, Especially with, and yeah, to, to a man, I think all three of us could share similar kind of stories, similar kind of mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. falling off the wagon, the, 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 the need for that forgiveness, that need for christ to pick up our our cross for us for, you know, a lot of times my prayer lately has been you know christ i need you to be my simon of cyrene mm. right and you know for for you it was preston um but each one of us has that augustine in us that needs that ambrose amen to, to look after us and that also needs that monica Mm-hmm. Like like your Amen. like your mom. If you were to say your mom's name is Monica, I would fall off my, my my chair right now just from the prayerful life that that she was praying for you and that kind of coming hitting her own rock bottom with you in that parking lot taking you in, and so you know her cry to you that you know this is Satan trying to keep you from there really was from a, a place from the heart. I I want to believe. Uh, from you sharing that story in that she had nothing else left but the truth. Mm. And the fact that you didn't brush her off when she said that you didn't say, Oh mom, what are you talking? Like you kind of said, Hey, you've hit something. That was pretty impressive. That was a real kind of maturity thing, even though you weren't in a good Mm. place at the time. Now you didn't tell us you went back to your friends, but when you went back to your mother after this weekend, what was that like uh, your first conversation with her? That must've been some, Something it was, else. I mean, I, I think over the years of high school, I had really, you know, wrecked that relationship um, because right. I was very selfish and, and I wasn't as, thinking about others, you know, right. as, as many of us are during that I period. Think it was yeah. very, I think it was very much a prodigal coming home and, mm-hmm. uh, 
and a, a celebration of a son who was lost being found. From there, you, you finish your business degree. That's right. right? Yeah. But, finished, you're, uh, you, you, but you're, you're not in the business world. You're not on Bay Street or Wall Street, I guess. For... <laughs> no, but it is incredible how he, he really does use uh, everything for his glory. You know, and so I basically had finished my bachelor of business and then I specialized in HR, hmm. um, graduated. And then my dad basically said, you know, I got this job of sales where you can, uh, you know, you can work as a sales guy, uh, you can get your car, you can make like, you know, almost $60,000 a year. And I was like, wow, I got to pay off my tuition, you know? And um, so what I did is I bought a car. I started uh, the sales job. I was commuting about three hours a day. I put 60,000 kilometers on my car Ouch. within six months. Wow. And I was really um, just not liking it, you know, but thanks be to God, there was a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel right down the street from my office. And so during my lunch period, I was constantly going to adoration and just seeking the Lord. And on my three hour commute, I was listening to Catholic Answers Live on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And so the amount of knowledge that I was gaining was, was incredible. And uh, basically there was one day in adoration where I felt like the Lord was calling me to ministry full-time and it was about a year in of sales. So I paid off my tuition at that point. Um, but I went to the president after that time of adoration. I said, we got to talk. And he said, okay, why? And I said, cause I feel like I have to quit. And he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I think that God is calling me into ministry full-time. And he laughed and he said, I was waiting for you to say that. He's like, you need to go. And I basically, so I quit my job. I ended up uh, that summer, I traveled to World Youth Day in Madrid, Spain. So I went with a group from the Peterborough Diocese. We went to Paris, Portugal, uh, Madrid, Barcelona. I was surrounded with 2.5 million young people celebrating the Catholic faith. It was absolutely incredible. And then basically that September returning, I started my master's in theology at the University of Toronto and was hired as the youth minister at St. Joseph's Catholic Church and uh, worked within youth ministry for a good four years at that parish, four or five years. Sorry, where is that? Which St. Joseph's? So St. So in, so Joseph's is in Bowmanville, Ontario, in, in Bowmanville. Uh, okay. which is actually my home parish of where I grew up, funny enough. Right. Um, and so it was so interesting, too, because through high school, I had very much denied my faith in Christ, right? Like people would ask me, aren't you that church kid? I'd be like, no, it's not me. That's not who I am. And then I get hired to work as this youth minister and the priest says, you got to go back to your old high school and you got to promote your program, you know? And so all of a sudden I'm going back in front of my religion teachers, my science teachers, geography teachers. And I'm like, Hey, my name is David Patterson and I'm the youth minister. It must have been like, <laughs> yeah, it must have been like, is this the same Dave Patterson that was, in well, and it was very much, it was very much like a, almost like I had to rewrite the wrong you know, where I denied my faith, all of a sudden I was being asked to affirm my faith in Christ, you know, which was very interesting. Right. Right. And, uh, and this is about like this. Sorry, Robert. The, this was about the same time where our parishes, you know, were given, we did a big, the fundraising. Well, I forget the name of it, Robert. Well, the, the, we, fam the family of faith, fundraising the family of faith, the where a lot of money went back into the parishes to hire youth ministers, which we never really had before other than on a part-time or a uh, basis. I know we hired one around the same time at our particular church. I think this was, sounds like it was around the same time that you were hired there, David, which has obviously been a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a huge blessing. 
And so I basically worked uh, at the parish running Life Teen and Edge and taking students on conferences. It was through, as you already mentioned, uh, it was through a camp where I met my wife, Alexandra, and uh, we fell in love basically at this Catholic camp and got married. And then pretty much the year we got married, uh, I got a phone call where a priest reached out to me uh, saying, you know, we're looking for a youth minister at St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Mississauga. Mm -hmm. And would you like to, would you like to, you know, move here? And I basically really felt the call. And so I launched the youth ministry program at uh, St. Francis Xavier. And it was just such an adventure um, being able to, to really serve the people at that parish. Oh, I need to ask, as you're mentioning St. Francis Xavier in Mississauga, was it Father Damien was the, the pastor at that time, or did he come after that? It was, it was Father Joshua Roldan, who was the... Okay, yep. Yeah. I know, he, was Father, now, he was now uh, at OCY, the Office Exactly. Of mm. I, was, I, I know of Father Joshua because before he was at the Office of Catholic Youth, he was up at Holy Martyrs of Japan in Bradford. That's right. Right, which was my parents' parish for, for a little while. Yeah, and then, so, so I, thankful for his priesthood. He is he's such a faithful man. Yeah, and and it's great to have him in that position at OCY too, and and keeping things moving. And there's great things coming out of that ministry as well. Uh, we'll have the regeneration. Uh, That's right. Apostle, right. they're they're coming, coming into in. well, virtually coming into the school. We still can't have guests physically come in, but they're they're coming into speak to our students about chastity to our, our grade nine students and they've come in before and it's just an, a, an amazing ministry there as well. Absolutely. I want to come back to, you mentioned that the, the retreat you went on and the day that you said your, your yes to Christ was on August the 15th, the, the feast mm -hmm. of the assumption of our lady. I think that yes. date has other special meaning for, for you as well. Does it not? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, August 15th was very much my yes day where I, I gave my yes uh, to, to Jesus and his church. Um, and basically uh, my wife and I, before we, we got engaged, we basically started a novena, basically asking the Lord if we were called to the sacrament of marriage. And uh, we started praying this novena. And then really on my heart as the days kind of progressed was to propose, you know, I felt very strongly and then I was over at my friend's house and uh, we had this, this great conversation. And then I basically told him, I said, man, like, I just feel like the, the Lord is calling me to, to propose to Alexandra. And he's like, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> tell, tell, tell me something I don't already know. What are you waiting for? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I ended up getting the ring and uh, had planned out how we would um, travel up to this spot overlooking the lake and ended up getting down on my knee and proposed and, and realized uh, that day that it was basically August 15th that I had gone down on my knee and proposed and she said yes. And so the significance of, of that was, was really incredible. You know, the fact that uh, that yes just continues um, throughout our story, right? That we were striving to just give our fiat, our yes to the Lord through, through everything we do. And obviously we're going to fail but uh, at times, but we're trying. <laughs> But exactly, you're, you're making that link to Our Lady's fiat, too. Like she, she said the ultimate yes. She said that yes. the biggest yes for, for humanity. But it's all of our little yeses along the way that kind of bring us closer to the Lord, but also help us bring others closer to the Lord as well. That's right. 
And so you, you've shared your story. You've shared your yes story uh, many, many times. And we thank you for sharing that with us here this evening. And so now you have your own apostolate of the yes Catholic, where you're encouraging others to step forward and, and share their stories. Where did that kind of all come from? And how did you move from the church to the high school too, um, David, just before you get into the uh, yes. Before we get into the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's getting little... ahead of myself here. Sorry. No, that's okay. I'm just, I'm just interesting how you moved because you seem like you really enjoyed the parish, yet you ended up, you're, ended, you're obviously in the high school right now in chaplaincy. Yeah. So I think I'll share the chaplaincy uh, piece first, and then, and then I'll kind of share the, the story of, uh, mm-hmm. of how Yes Catholic came to be. So within chaplaincy, I mean, I was working at St. Francis Xavier, and I was working very closely with a, a chaplain. Uh, I was actually running a lot of the, the retreats for a number of high schools in the area. Okay. And basically, a, uh, a job had opened at St. Edmund Campion. And uh, I got a call basically saying, you got to pray about this, you know, and the qualifications. It's funny because when I got hired at St. Joseph's, the priest said, you know, you need to do a master's in theology. And I remember looking at him and saying, Father, I have written enough essays. Like I am done with school. And he looked at me. He was like, yeah, you're starting in September. <laughs> and I kind of looked at him and I was like, fine, you know, but then I ended up getting this call and they said, yeah, the job's opening. Uh, and I said, okay, what's the qualifications? Like, what do you need for this job? And <laughs> the very first thing that they said was a master's in theology. And I thought about that priest, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, and basically I applied you, Father. and the amount of peace that I experienced through that interview. And then even after, and I really had asked the God, asked God to, to show that this was his will. And he totally, in so many ways, there was, there was no denying that, that he wanted me to move within chaplaincy. And so I've served uh, within chaplaincy for almost six years now at the same high school. Uh, It's almost 1,800 students. It's just been an incredible journey. Um, But really with Yes Catholic, how it started is when I was in elementary school, uh, I ended up, I started reading that mass at church because the priest asked me. And when I went to the sacristy um, for my very first time to be a reader, I met this young girl named Megan um, and she was so joyful. You know, she really had this joy that was very much contagious, but fast forward into uh, university, my mom in my second year, she had shared that Megan was in a tragic car accident and she had died. And I remember, you know, that I wasn't, I wasn't in the church at this point. I was living away in my own sin and uh, I didn't know how to cope with that news. You know, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to process I basically sat in my room, uh, just numb that entire day because it really shook me to the core and it, and it shook our church to the core as well. Um, and so fast forward, you know, I, I basically had my encounter. I, I came home to the church on August 15th, get called to work in youth ministry. And remember when I said that I, I had to go back to the old high school, mm-hmm. right. To promote the program. Basically after that presentation in walks, a student to our youth group, his name was Matthew. And he was very quiet, very reserved. Um, but he kept showing up and then there was going to be a weekend retreat. We were going to be taking the students on and uh, I invited him and he said, I can't go. I got lacrosse practice. I got football practice. Can't go. I said, okay, well, that's too bad. You know, but something told me send a last call email last call. We're going on this retreat. And his mom later told me that basically that morning she received an email that said football practice canceled lacrosse practice canceled. And then my email came in last call retreat. So she said, do you want to go? 
And he said, I got nothing better to do, you know, might as well. And so he goes on this retreat and the whole retreat was about God's love and how there's nothing you could do that would make him love you less. And a university missionary at the end of the retreat got up at the front and she said, we're going to do an open mic where if anything stood out to you, you can come up to the front, you can share. Um, and she goes and sits down. And to my surprise, Matthew stands right up, heads for the microphone. He heads for the microphone. And you could just see he was shaking. But he said, I've never spoken about this before. Uh, but when I was 10 years old, my sister was in a tragic car accident and she died. And in that moment, I thought, oh, my gosh, Megan, you know, and he said, I locked myself in my room playing video games, just trying to numb the pain because I thought that, you know, like God abandoned us in our pain, you know, but from this retreat, I now know that God was with me. And then he turned and said, and I just want to thank you because I feel like my heart is beating again after all these years. I feel like my heart is beating again for the first time after all these years, friends, I was a mess. Real men cry. What's up? You know, when I realized what God was doing in that moment, I was so overwhelmed and his mom, his parents messaged me that, that Christmas saying, I want to thank you so much because we finally have our son back after all these years. That's a beautiful story, you know? And so, um, <laughs> that, that story took place. That retreat took place in 2013. Fast forward to right before the pandemic, I'm on a Salesian retreat with a, a group of high school students from various schools. And there was a kid there in my group who you could just tell didn't want to be there. You know, he was just he had his arms crossed. He was just like, I don't even know why I'm here. And I just kind of felt called to have a man-to-man -man talk with him at the end of all the activities of our retreat. So I said, hey man, I don't know what's going on with you, but I just feel like let's have a man-to-man -man talk. And something said on my heart, just share the story of Matthew. Tell the story of how he encountered the Lord on this retreat. And so I shared exactly what I did with you. And I said, at the end of sharing that story, I said, so buddy, why are you so angry? And he said, I can't believe you just told me that story. And I said, why? He said, because when I was 10, my sister died. And I'm so angry at God. You know, and uh, the next day there was a time of confession. There was a time of adoration. He calls me over. He says, can you pray for me right now that I'll make my peace with God? And I said, yeah, I just bowed my head and, and I just prayed. And in that, right when I said amen, the door to the confession opened and he's like, I'm going in, you know, and he, he walked out of that door different. You could see the tears in his eyes. And I said, you made your peace with God, didn't you? And he said, yeah, I did. And I was just overwhelmed by the fact that I didn't give him a catechism lesson. I didn't give him a Bible study. And I think those things are very important, right? But I just shared a story of God moving in someone's heart and the ripple effect of that, you know? And so I was on my way driving to work. I usually, when I get into my car, I have this random thing that I do every single day. I get in my car and I say, Jesus, I just say yes to you, you know, use me, whatever, whoever you want me to talk to today. I say, yes, whatever you want me to do. I say, yes, driving on my way. And all of a sudden, yes, Catholic hit me. And I actually said out loud in my car, I said, God, I like it. Like there's a ring to it, you know, like I, I like it. And, uh, I basically made the very first post. It was an open book and it said, are you ready to share your story? That's all it said. And when I scrolled up, the very first post I saw was a post from the Archdiocese of Toronto. And it said the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th. And, and what it said right on it had a miraculous medal of Mary. And it said, why do we celebrate the Immaculate Conception? Because Mary said her first yes to Jesus. 
And I was like, okay, God, you have my attention. And then I continued, you know, just seeking the Lord and just praying, okay, what do you want from this? You know? And then I actually driving once again, I actually had to pull my car off to the side of the road to record this. I was driving and real people, real stories, all grace just hit me. And I felt the Lord's presence in that moment. I pulled my car off and I recorded it. And I didn't realize until later that basically I recorded on December 12th, which is the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which I was like mind blown by that. And so I was like, all right, I went home, told my wife, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not this smart. The Holy Spirit is doing something, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I don't really feel like I can take credit here. Like the Holy Spirit is up to something. And so I basically um, launched the very first interview, uh, January, 2020. And we've been I've basically been asking a new guest every week to share their story of how they came to say yes to Jesus and his church. And that's really the story of how yes, Catholic came to be. Yeah, And, and, and thanks be to God. And, and like we said earlier, it's being in tune when the Holy spirit is whispering to us because more often than not, the Holy spirit, when he speaks to us, it's in a whisper. Mm-hmm. And it's only when we become in tune to those whispers that we can really hear them out loud. Mm-hmm. There are times when, yes, he does hit us over the head with a hammer, but those are, are really few and far between. But thanks be to God, you're, you're listening to these whispers and you're sharing your story, you're sharing Matthew's story, and now 60-odd other people have shared their story. Because even in this interconnected world, like we're, we feel so connected uh, through social media. I mentioned mm-hmm. social media off the top and, you know, we're connected. And we said before we started recording that we, we know of everybody, but we don't know anybody. And even with all that interconnectedness of the social media world, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And when I bring those out in my classroom, the kids all just laugh because that's all old people, social media. Right. And, but even within that, that connected world, we feel so alone. And we feel that we're the only one carrying a cross. I'm the only one that has these issues. I'm the only one that has these problems. And then the Holy Spirit whispers to you and you share Matthew's story with this other young man. And he says, I've gone through the exact same thing. And he doesn't feel alone. And he realizes that Christ is there with him. And all he has to do is say, yes, Christ, come walk with me. All right. And so I, I, it's just so, so beautiful that what's come out of this ministry. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of those other yeses you don't even know about. Like you say, that, that ripple effect that, that God's grace gives out there. And with this, yes, Catholic, David, like, are you, uh, I mean, I think you told us before the show, like, I mean, you've obviously asked people to share, but now people are just, you know, notifying you, maybe contacting you and they want to share their story. So it's not like you have to go out and actually get people or people really are, are looking forward to sharing your, their story with you. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's a, it's on a weekly basis that I'm receiving emails of people writing their story, sending it to me. Um, but I also, I mean, the, the guests that we have on usually, I mean, as yes, Catholics, they, they probably know another yes, Catholic, right. 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 Uh, right. Someone who is living their faith. And so it's very much, um, it's it's other guests recommending other guests as well and this, these uh, are pretty well from all over the world now for the yeah. most part yep yeah 
so we've we've had guests in Australia, Ireland, Rome, uh, the U.S., mainly the U.S. and, and Canada. Um, but but people are constantly uh, reaching out from other countries as well. And that's a pretty big balance for the yes, Catholic. With you know your full time ministry, your young family, myself and Robert, our, our families are a little bit older. The children are a little bit older than yours, so. I mean, that, that's a great balance. Uh, it's almost like your full-time job is getting in the way of your yes Catholic. It seems like this postulate is growing, would you say? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I just, when people ask me, uh, how can I pray for you? I just say, uh, pray that the Lord will give me discernment on how to be faithful in what he's asking of me. You know, because that's, I really want to remain faithful in in not doing, not saying yes to absolutely everything, but saying mm-hmm. yes to what God is asking me to do. Right, right. You know, and if you mm-hmm. can't say no, then what does your yes mean? And so just trying to discern every step of the way, like, okay, God, do you want this? Yes or no. You know, if, and I love that prayer where it's like, Lord, if this is what you want, so do I. But if it's not, you slam that door and you slam it hard. <laughs> I love that. I <laughs> That's love good. That. That's good. Now you do these yes, Catholic stories live usually. And right. then they're oh, wow. available afterwards elsewhere. So if, if someone wants to tune into a Yes Catholic session, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so the, the best way is to uh, follow yes.catholic on Instagram. And uh, I go live every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern to interview a new guest. And people can actually ask questions live when you tune in uh, for the guest. So you listen to the person share their story. We do rapid fire where you can get to know the guests a little bit better. Uh, random questions. And then there's a time for Q&A where, stu- where people can basically submit questions that they have for the guest and they are actually answered live. Um, even earlier on in the week, people can ask questions in advance because their story is written out and, and posted in advance. Um, so it's it's a great opportunity just to be able to, to hear their story, but then actually ask some questions as well. Great. Yeah. Now, for those of us that are so old that nine o'clock Sunday nights after our bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all of our interviews are saved on IGTV. Uh, so every uh-huh. single interview since January, 2020. So I believe there's, I think it's almost around 140 interviews that I've done to date of guests. Cause it's almost been, it's basically you're, you're year two, you're two years now. Two years. Yep. It's about two years. So um, almost every interview is there. Uh, so you can go back and listen to as many stories as you'd like. And the next step is definitely to uh, get those stories up on Spotify as well. We'll have to talk later about that. Yeah, we're, yes. we're very your man on that. But if I'm just doing the math, you said, you know, you've been doing it two years, about 140 episodes. You do one every Sunday. So you must do almost more than, you know, more than every Sunday to get that. Yeah, so I also, yeah. I also do a uh, Saturday Night Live vocation special oh. where... <laughs> I basically feature uh, a guest who can share their vocation story. So that could be a priest, religious, single life, consecrated virgin, uh, married couples. Yeah. So once a month, I'm also going live on a Saturday night uh, to interview people to share their vocation story of saying their yes as well. And what time is that? 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 Eastern. No, we can do that, Robert. Oh, I was going to say that. That's still after your bedtime there, Dennis. But that's... (laughs) Well, you'll laugh at me. It's total dad life because the reason I said it as 9 p.m. Oh, I can totally see that. 
is because that's when my little the kids, kids are, are finally yeah. asleep. And it's like, welcome. To, and they finally pass out. And it's like, welcome to Yes Catholic. My name is David Batterson. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I thought the Yes Catholic sounded good, but the Saturday Night Live vocation special, that sounds just as exciting. I, I think I would oh, like to fun. go on to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. David, I want to thank you for sharing your story with us here this evening and uh, taking the time out to, to come and share a pint with us, sharing your ministry, whether it's in the parish or at the school, and now especially with, with Yes Catholic, because uh, these stories need to be told. And uh, we all need to, to be able to share the reason for our faith, share the reason for our hope. And we all need to be able to, to explain why we've said our, our own yes to Christ. I know one time I was on a, the first time I was ever on a podcast, I was invited onto the Catholic Canuck. And his first question was, well, share a little bit about your faith story. And I was like, oh, I've never even thought about that, right? Why do I do what I do? Why, why do I, I, I believe so fervently in the Lord? And we all need to, to take a moment and stop and, and think about that as, as well and explain why we, we say that yes to, to our Lord. And yes. And, and also recognizing that uh, yes, Catholic is not this idea of this one time yes, but actually based off of Luke 9, 23, where Christ calls us, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And so being a yes, Catholic is someone who says their yes to Jesus and his church as giving your fiat on a regular basis to the Lord. I love that. I love that. And, and even when you make that first yes, the ship doesn't turn around overnight. It doesn't, it's, it's not an instantaneous Right. Shift. There, there is a big shift and there's ups, ebbs and yes. flows and ups and downs, as we all know. Yep. And just before we let you go, David, now you've got the full time, you know, high school ministry. You've got Yes Catholic. Is there anything on the horizon that our listeners maybe should be looking out for in the next year or two? Or are you busy enough right now? You're just going to hold on to this. You got any things perc- percolating in the uh, upstairs? That's a great question. Or I maybe think- you don't want to you know, give away too many secrets right now. Maybe, you know, at this point, I'm just, uh, I'm in a season of just being faithful, uh, to what the Lord is asking of me and just trusting that, uh, his plans are way better than anything else. Yeah. You know, St. John Paul II said life with Christ is a wonderful adventure. Man, if you ain't on this adventure yet, say that. Yes. Get on this adventure. Cause it is, it's a ride. <laughs> it is the most thrilling ride that there, there is out there. I mean, well, Dennis is asking that question. I'm thinking well, he, he's married. He's got two young sons. He's a chaplain at high school, full-time job. Plus he's doing this ministry. We, we put out the pines and pews every two weeks yeah, every two and weeks, that's yeah. more than enough to, to enough. keep us busy here. You are every week. Plus you're adding additional ones in. It's like, uh, Unless the, the Lord is finding more times in your day. <laughs> it's only 20, 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Again, thanks be to God that you've said that. Yes. Thanks be to God that uh, you're asking others to share their yes as well, because that ripple effect of God's grace, again, planting seeds that you may never see come to fruition, but planting seeds that the Lord knows will bear much fruit for his kingdom. Mm. So Thank you so very much for your ministry, David. And thank you so much for joining us here this evening. Thanks, David. Thank you for having me. Inspirational talk conversation tonight. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you. God bless you and your ministry. 
Well, Robera, another episode is behind us and you came up with another fantastic guest. Wow. What a story, David. Uh, how yep. do you do this? Every every couple of weeks, you bring us these people on and um, I'm so impressed and so inspired every time. It's amazing. You know, to, to be quite honest, it's just I'm out there floating around listening to podcasts or checking things out on, on social media. So the, the Catholic world, uh, as we found out chatting with David and even chatting right. with him afterwards uh, off air, the Catholic world is vast, but it's also so small. It's, and, it's and pretty it's, small. Yeah. You, you, you get to know so many people. So. There's an old saying, I guess, six degrees of separation. It's almost like a two or three degrees of separation for the, the Catholic world, especially online. Well, we're, we are all parts of the, the mystical body of Christ. So we are you know, right. all, all right. one. So, But it, yeah, it was fantastic conversation. I was just blown away by his story. Uh, when we finished recording, all I could say was, wow. Yeah. Wow, it was so impressive and inspiring and great. And and his story will resonate with the young people that he's working with, which is fantastic. And you're going to send him, you're going to send him a cap, I believe. Do you have yeah, any we, caps we, left? We don't really have any caps left, but uh, I believe you've put the order in. So they are caps are on back order. Back order. Yep. Uh, I think you finally got Robert the fabled <laughs> cap out to him. Poor, poor Robert. He's probably waiting for that cap for four months. Yes. My brother is, uh, uh, it's in it's not in transit because by the time this goes to you you actually put this out it will be in his in his it, lap it'll be lap. on his head yeah hopefully thanks be to god uh, thanks be to god for thanks that be to yeah. god. but dennis as always the time seems to have flown by and my hourglass is pretty much empty yeah always a pleasure robert both the pint and the conversation especially this evening yeah and Especially the pint. I thoroughly enjoyed my, my Vegabond. Yes, so did yes, and I my Gosser. Gosser. Yeah. How do I pronounce that, Robert? I would say Gossa, but Gossa. Uh, yeah, it's been so long since I've spoken. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith as well. Very true. Very true. And just before we wrap up, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Yeah, and we'll chat again very soon, Robert. God willing, Dennis. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless.